Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Talking Stuff. Something doesn't feel right here. Hold on a second. I'll check my audio. Okay. All right. Yes, it's fine. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Rowe and our good friends at Byers Automotive. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbrook joining me as usual. Uh, again, Spencer, it's kind of just beating a dead horse, but you know, not a lot to talk about in the recruiting world as we enter month four of this extended recruiting dead period. Pretty much what we talk about most weeks right now seems to be just uh, the minor changes, a little nuance here, a little shift in philosophy here, a little uh, top four list here. And that's where we're going to start this episode is with the top four list of Ohio State cornerback target Tony Grimes from uh, Virginia, five-star cornerback, the number one ranked cornerback in the country, included Ohio State in a final four. That was North Carolina, Georgia, and Texas A&M and Ohio State. First and foremost, I want to be very clear. I, I don't think the Buckeyes are in a great position right now with Tony Grimes. I think that they're probably fourth in that list, and I feel pretty confident saying that. But I will say that the increase in uh, conversation in the last month or two with Kerry Combs has given at least a, a slight sliver of possibility that uh, that could end up maybe one day turning Ohio State's direction. But there's still a long way to go. Yeah, and it's Ohio State has six defensive backs committed in this class. So if they if the Buckeyes don't get their hands on Tony Grimes. It's not going to be the end of the world. At this point, he is a luxury for the Buckeyes. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. I talked about absolutely. it last week. And I'll talk about, I'm, I might just start saying it every week. Uh, but Ohio State has the ability right now with as many guys they have committed to go out and just try to get only five-star guys, just to go after the biggest fish in the pond. And so for them to still be in the top four for Tony Grimes, this is one of those situations where it could set up where, hey, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Recruiting changes every day. And you're, it might turn into a situation where the tides turn and Ohio State's in the lead for him. You just never really know in recruiting. But it's, it's a good sign for Ohio State to at least be in the conversation entering the summer. Right. And I wrote about it on Letterman Row a week ago. The Buckeyes are not in a position right now where they're taking, like, backup plans at positions. They are loaded at, at defensive back, as you mentioned, with six guys already committed. There has been discussion about adding a seventh. Uh, primarily that discussion is centered on Derek Davis, but he's more of a safety slash linebacker as opposed to a true corner. But when it comes to the, those elite cornerback prospects, guys like Tony Grimes and Jordan Hancock are always going to be at the top of that list, and you're always going to try to find a room for them if they want in. But again, to suggest that Ohio State is really in the mix for Tony Grimes right now, I would not – I don't think that. I think that they are more of a hat on the table right now uh, in in the grand sense of his recruitment. But the good thing is when you have a a recruiter like Kerry Combs, a defensive backs producer like Kerry Combs, and you now know you have six months because Tony Grimes isn't going to make his decision until December. You have six months to try to turn that in your favor. um, And and as the season, you know, gets started and gets going – we could see another two or three Ohio State cornerbacks getting ready to be picked in the NFL draft next year. And that is a very powerful recruiting tool uh, after what we've seen out of BIA in the last uh, handful of years. Yeah. And like, 
I guess it's going to just be one of those things, especially because he's not the kind of guy that's going to make a, a decision, any you know, change his decision date is what I'm trying to say. And so, like you said, it's just going to be one of those waiting games where you just have to wait. And if the top, if the, you know things start to change and Ohio State gains some momentum, then you have to wonder what else is going to happen in the class because taking seven defensive backs is nothing, you know, no ho hum thing to do in a, in a recruiting class when you're only taking 24, 25 guys. So if you get, if you start to see that shift, you wonder what, what's going to happen in the rest of the class. Yeah. I mean, the reality of the situation is you look at the Ohio state defensive backfield on the roster. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of guys that haven't played a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that are on that border. I think of if you don't make an impact now, then there's probably a chance that you're moving on. Um, and then you have the guys like Sean Wade, who we know are gone next year. You have Seven Banks and Cameron Brown, who have extremely high expectations and could potentially leave early. Um, so I think that's probably why you see Kerry Combs making this push for such a large defensive back class, because you really don't know, even with the 2020 class, you have Lathan Ransom, who you know is a, a pure safety, but with Court Williams and Cameron Martinez and Legend Cavazos and Ryan Watts, there's a lot of interchangeable parts, and the Buckeyes really need pure cornerbacks, which is why Jordan Hancock, despite being committed to Clemson, remains so high on their wish list. And it's why you, you even start the conversation with Tony Grimes and, and try to build on it, knowing full well that it's unlikely he ends up in your, in your camp. But when you have players that talented uh, and who have that sort of upside, and I want to be clear, right now Grimes – if you watch tape on Tony Grimes, he is not uh, the, the player on tape that Jordan Hancock and some of these other guys are. But he has elite talents and elite skills that translate very well to the next level. And that's what has all these college coaches excited and salivating over him. So for the Buckeyes, it's about time. And, and right now, that's one thing they have in their favor. One player they may not have time for uh, or time is running out with is Hudson Wolf, the tight end from Hardin County in Savannah, Tennessee. Um, that's a, a recruitment. And I, I talked about it a little bit last week and there's, it's trending the wrong way for Ohio state. And I, I I'm sort of on an Island when it comes to the Ohio state recruiting media, I guess, in suggesting that. But right now I think that one is trending away from Ohio state. I'm not saying that it's over for the Buckeyes, but the, 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 the tea leaves currently are not uh, tasting Buckeye flavored. Wow. All right. Well, but you know, the uh, thing is, with, with Ohio State's in a better position than we think. You know, we've talked about this last year, the entire cycle. Ohio State's going to take two tight ends in 2021. They're going to, or two in 2020. They didn't. They took one in, in Joe Royer. So we thought naturally, okay, they're going to take two in 2020, or 2021. And from what I'm being told, what I'm hearing, I, I, I've been pretty confidently, uh, I feel confident in saying that if they end up not getting Hudson Wolf and he sticks with Tennessee or, or, or surprises and kind of cuts it down the middle and goes to Ole Miss, uh, then all of a sudden there's an expectation that they'll go out and recruit a second tight end. And I no longer think that that's a guarantee. I think from uh, the addition of uh, Kate Stover to the tight end room, the addition of Joe Royer, unless something crazy happens like Jeremy Ruckert leaves early, uh, and decides to head off to the NFL after his junior season, I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State stands uh, with the, just one tight end in 2021 because that allows them, as you already alluded to, to potentially 
finagle things that if they need a seventh defensive back or a fourth or fifth offensive lineman or a fourth wide receiver or something else crazy, uh, or if, you know, Taiwan Malone and JT Tuamalo and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Damon Payne, someone else like that wants in, then you have wiggle room, as you alluded to. And we talked about this before we got on the air. Ohio State's not going to take a second tight end just for the sake of taking a second tight end because they need, you know, numbers there. Like you said, they're, they're going to play the numbers game the rest of the class. We always talk about the numbers always work themselves out, but there's still only room realistically right. for 25, 24, 25, maybe 26 if you're lucky, or if, if they play out that way, not really if you're lucky, to get those, that many guys in the class. If a second one, if a second tight end is not a talent that you absolutely think can contribute, you're not going to take a second tight end just for the sake of it. Right. And the other thing about it is Ohio State, if Ohio State goes out and throws 1,000 yards to its tight ends this year, Maybe another tight end hops on and says, okay, I want to be the second tight end. It's a four or five-star guy. But the idea that you, you have to get a second tight end in this class, I, I, I don't see it. So. Yeah, and neither do the people that I talk to uh, inside the Buckeyes program. Again, I think that that's a, a shift uh, in philosophy over the last few months where you start to realize that maybe Kate Stover provides a dynamic that you didn't expect to have at tight end. Uh, and then you see Joe Royer and, and realize that, He's sort of the, the next guy down the road for Jeremy Ruckert. And then you have Sam Hart, a, a player that's also very athletic. What a guy like Hudson Wolf brings is maybe more of the, the Luke Farrell type of tight end uh, as opposed to Jeremy Ruckert. And both of those types of players are, are important to Ohio State's offense. But they, there's ways to maneuver that around if Hudson Wolf is to stay closer to home. And, again, that's what I'm hearing right now. There is a chance that decision comes in the next week or two, from what I've been told. And if that happens, I think that's very bad news for Ohio State. I, I, I just put it out there. I think that it's important for Hudson Wolf and his family, especially his mother, to get to Columbus. That has not been able to happen. And if you're looking to like have a coronavirus checklist of like who did they, which players did Ohio State get hurt uh, because of coronavirus, Hudson Wolf is certainly one of them. Uh, and if he decides to make an early decision, I think that's bad news for Ohio State. So uh, unlike the recruitment of Emeka Abuka or Jagger Burton or J.C. Latham, where the sooner they commit, the probably the better that would have been for Ohio State, uh, now you have the opposite effect with a guy like Hudson Wolf, who Rivals.com has as the number one ranked tight end in the country. So uh, he's obviously a big-time player, a guy Ohio State really likes, and they chose him months ago as – sort of the guy to compliment Sam Hart. And if he goes elsewhere, you'll look at the Buckeyes, try to take a step back and decide if a player like Jordan Dingle out of Kentucky or Michael Trigg down there in Florida, uh, Bryson Nesbitt, who released his top 14 or 15 or 35 tools the other day, I don't know. Um, if a player like that maybe is worth uh, taking a, a second look into. But with Hilliard, uh, tight end Jack Pugh committed to Wisconsin earlier this week, I don't think that uh, the Buckeyes are really in a position where they feel like they have to offer anyone else or really go after anyone else. So that's kind of where things are standing. Spencer, what else you got? Any, anything else on your mind, young fella? Uh, it's kind of light, but it's, uh, it's quarterback week at Letterman Row. I just think, you know, we can touch on 2022 quarterbacks. There's not much to say. It's almost impossible for Ohio State to recruit a 2022 quarterback right now because 
you can get two years of wide receiver film on a guy. You can get two years of offensive line play kind of from a guy, defensive back. It's to get just freshman and sophomore film of a 2022 quarterback, it's really hard to evaluate what they're going to be. And I think it's interesting, you know, we're, we're so used to Ohio State having a quarterback, at least one quarterback nailed down in the class yeah. so early to lead a class. In 2022, that's just not going to happen, and it, it just can't happen. You know, maybe one or two guys commit to, to a program and become the leader of that class at quarterback, but those programs that take these already are, are already taking a risk. And I think Ohio State's not willing to take that risk. They want to really be, be patient and selective in who they take as a quarterback. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The Buckeyes have not had a chance to visit or, and really see any of these young quarterbacks throw in person. Only two of them that they've seen throw in person are Steve Angeli from New Jersey and Quinn Ewers from Texas. Who And, and Ewers, they saw him before he even stepped on campus uh, as a high school freshman. So what you said is, is entirely correct. That How do you know? You don't have a lot of varsity tape for kids who are just finishing up their sophomore year. Very rarely do you have a player like Kyle McCord at a big-time program in a major city who plays a lot on varsity as a sophomore and leads them to a state championship, and you kind of see all the tools. Um, there are players out there. The Buckeyes have only offered four or five – I think it's four quarterbacks in the class of 2022. Um, and Ewers and Angeli are two of them. And the other, Malik Murphy out in California and Gunnar Stockton down in Georgia, neither which have they seen in person. Um, so this is a really interesting test coming up for Corey Dennis, first-year quarterbacks coach, who obviously has a ton on his plate already, just trying to take over and be the, the man responsible for the continued crafting of Justin Fields. But now you have to figure out how he balances – the future of C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller and Kyle McCord with this great big unknown uh, when it comes to the 2022 quarterback spot. And, you know, Ohio State was very vocal leading up to the end of the 2020 cycle that they wanted three uh, – uh, they wanted C.J. Stroud in the class of 2020 to go alongside Jack Miller because they wanted four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. No matter what, heading into 2021, it's just going to be Kyle McCord – uh, Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud. So you don't know, you know, how important is it to get another 2021 quarterback? Uh, do they decide to take a look at the transfer portal for a, a kind of a, a plug-and-play type guy that could maybe fill in behind Stroud or Miller uh, next year? So there's all these sort of uh, variables that they're having to look at, but the reality is you just don't have any idea who's out there um, because you haven't had a chance to look at them. And Georgia with Jamie Newman and, and uh, JT uh, Daniels taking Daniels. over down there, you know, in the next two years. It, you have Carson Beck, who was at early part in his recruitment, uh, committed to uh, Florida for baseball, a very highly ranked player. You had Dwan Massis, who obviously Ohio State fans should know about because he essentially was a trade for Justin Fields. Those two players are now going to probably end up in a position where with JT Daniels there, one of those guys is going to leave Georgia for sure. And it's just the nature of the recruiting world, especially a quarterback right now with the transfer portal, with um, all this early committing and all that stuff. The quarterback recruiting is wild. And I, I'm fascinated to see how Corey Dennis handles that over the next year because it's going to put him in the spot here. And all those people out there that thought that he was just a, a, a friendship hire or, you know, some sort of uh, – what's that word I'm looking for? You know? Uh, nepotism. 
Yeah, that, you know, when, when some people thinking it was just like a nepotism issue that he got that job rather than saying that he earned it, he's going to be sort of put on the spot, right? I mean, to, to go out there and prove that he can, A, develop these quarterbacks in his room, but B, go out and find the best quarterback available for Ohio State to supplement the 2021 class and the 2022 group. Well, I'll tell you this, he's got a, a leg up already because he's got Ryan Day as his, you know, well, Ryan Day's got Corey Dennis as his right-hand man, but Corey Dennis also has Ryan Day standing right beside him. And so that's always a big, you know, a big leg up when you can say, hey, you're not just playing for Corey Dennis, you're playing for Ryan Day, who's coached, you know, we can, the, the names are beginning to be countless, the, the great quarterbacks he's coached. So, you know, it's it's one thing Corey Dennis is going to be put in the spotlight, yes, but I think Ryan Day is going to have a big part in the quarterback recruiting as well, uh, just because yeah, that's absolutely. the nature of, of who he is. And so Corey Dennis is going to have help. I'm, he, not that he needs help. I, I want both of us to be very clear. Like, we, we think Corey Dennis is a good coach. He, I don't think he will need help on the recruiting trail because I think that hire will pan out. But it doesn't hurt. It's it's almost like having, you know, Urban Meyer in your corner when you go recruit against Alabama and, and Georgia. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. hurt to have him there beside you. So, yeah, as you mentioned, it's quarterback week. Uh, later this week I'll break down those – Options in 2022 a little bit closer. Um, but for now, that's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. We're going to get out of here. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Automotive. If you're going to buy an auto, check out Byers Auto. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.